0: If you stacked the new books being published next to each other, at the present rate of production, you would have to move at 90 miles an hour just to keep up with the end of the line. Stephen Hawking With that kind of production rate, if you're a budding author, getting your book out there can be pretty tough. My name is Greg Chapman and welcome to Remarkably You, my podcast that helps authors get their work out there. Hi everybody, I have uh, Ankit John with me today. Ankit's uh, written his book, his first book in fact, uh, Lost and Found at 35. Um, Quickly a little bit about Ankit. Um, He's a certified clinical hypnotherapist uh, and also an NLP coach. Uh, He's worked a lot with young leaders and been awarded the 2019 World HRD uh, Congress. Uh, he's an associate director at uh, one of the big four uh, consulting firms. Uh, additionally, he runs an, um, a social enterprise called Au uh, The initiative runs various social projects such as sponsoring medical treatment for underprivileged kids, uh, weekend food drives for mm-hmm. homes, uh, education support, and so on. Uh, and today, uh, Ankit, to tell us a little bit about uh, his book. So, uh, Ankit, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, this is a great time to talk about such things. This is a great about time to do this podcast, and I'm genuinely well, I was I was genuinely looking forward to this. Uh, I wish you all the success. It's a very unique and an innovative idea to reach out to people at this hour. Uh, Very excited to do this and very, very, very excited to talk about the book in the same breath. So uh, here is how the book started. Uh, I always wanted to write something, but was always confused what to write on. Uh, Then came a point in life where I realized Mm -hmm. that the only thing I've been passionate about is the word passion. Um, Mm -hmm. And very systematically, religiously and passionately, I pursued many passions from having absolutely zero passion in a life. To having multiple interest areas, from poetry to marathon to um, uh, fitness to charity, and so on and so forth, and also to acting in parts. So then mm-hmm. came a point then when I thought to myself that uh, you know people needed needed to know the science of passion. People needed to know what is uh, scientifically called as positive psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, one in five or one in ten at least uh, suffers the risk of depression and anxiety, and one of the chief error chief complaints of uh, people is that there is a lack of meaning, lack of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. People have been automated automated to a large extent where people work uh, in a routine like robots. And Mm -hmm. um, at at those subtle hours of introspection, in hindsight, they realize that there is something missing in life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, to my mind that one of the missing parts of the puzzle is that Indians haven't been taught to pursue a hobby or a passion as um, diligently and religiously as we've been taught to study and become something in the eyes of the society. I agree, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so if someone says that I want to paint in a garden or a cook, the first question people ask is, does, is it monetary feasible? Does it get you money? Does it make you famous? And that's exactly right. where we horribly get it wrong. So right. my interest in the areas of fashion to do something because uh, you like doing it and the joy of doing it is more than enough. And the joy itself is the outcome, is exactly why the book has been written. Uh, I wrote right. the book called as Lost and Found at 35 by getting inspired from people, taking some kind of a cue, and I hint from how I was pursuing my life. And uh, the entire book's been created in form of a novel, a fiction, mm-hmm. but the fiction is built in the context of positive psychology. When yeah. people read the book, they realize that the story starts with a failed suicide and attempt of a... A uh, depressed individual going through a midlife yeah. crisis and how he ventures on uh, to a journey Gosh, of sorts yeah. and figures out his calling in life that's the long and yeah. part of the book
0: yeah and and depression is all around us man and uh, you know you mentioned something about going from zero passion to to having a passion and not just having a passion but uh, converting it into something is tangible uh, so a little later on with we'll, i think we'll just uh, take a you know deep dive into that that piece um, yeah, you know, and and, and I, I read the book, and I you know three three words can kind I of describe it to me, or rather three words stood out for me: uh, wanderlust, uh, pain, redeemers, and soul searchers. Wow. You know, these three words really stood out for me. Um, uh, you know, what what made you go from there's a book in everybody, everybody really says but What made you go from uh, you know wanting to write a book and to getting it on paper and publishing it? If you can just a line or two on that. What I'm, I'm just interested, like you said, you know, finding out the passion about the passion. I'm interested in figuring out what was the trigger point to really take your passion into something very tangible?
1: Sure, so I think that's a great question. And I've often asked myself that question also, that why did I write the book and what did I do? What did I do? So mm-hmm. first is because I genuinely was convinced that if you've got a passion in your life, that's the key to have a fulfilling life. If there is a hope, Uh, Mm -hmm. for us to find some kind of a larger purpose to life, it has to start by living a life which is built in some kind of a passion. So, Mm -hmm. and and I've been on the right side of life or the luckier side of life to have experienced many such moments, whether it was running a marathon, to doing Mm -hmm. charity, to doing acting and realizing that it really redeems you. It really heals you from within and makes you a better person, more fulfilled and more peaceful. So that's one part of it. The other part of it was, I've always had many ideas and I've been an idea person. And then, you know, mm. you hit a point where you realize that, you know, you're an idea person, but become an executioner now. So mm. when I've embarked on this journey, I told myself that if I'm not, you know, I'm not translating this idea into execution, then I'm mm. not doing justice to my potential. So an okay. ugly act of discipline and closing the book was for me an act of building my character and it reflected wow. on that. If you've got an idea, you've got an executed and that's exactly what the second part of passion is. Having a passion and knowing about the passion is just not enough. Pursuing it uh, with diligence day in, day out and dreaming about it and doing something about it is the real deal.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And and that's just half the battle. If you have passion and then then converting it, I I think. uh, uh, That's that's the full story. Um, Marathoner and uh, you know, social, uh, you're giving back to society, you're acting, all of this, uh, you know, in the sphere of, or uh, rather in the context of being a consultant, uh, extremely busy consultant. Um, you know, what strikes me is a lot of people say that, you know, I'm working, I don't have the time. Uh, hey, great! you're sitting up in the mountains, you have all the time. Uh, which I tell you is not true, but, uh, you know, for a lot of us, uh, you know, what I hear you say is despite the fact that you've got, um, you know, so many things to do. You're still, you're still pursuing your passion, man. I, I think that's commendable.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, the the interesting part is that w- while we can logically and analytically say that um, time needs to be created and managing priority, time management, there is this and that. But if you genuinely are passionate about something, if you genuinely are crazy about something, you know, the longing and craving is like chocolate. Or is like whatever you would like to eat. It calls you back. It doesn't let you be. It doesn't let you sit. And that's the power of that longing. So you will somehow make time. I've squeezed time in the day. At times on a flight while I was coming back. At times after 10:30 in the night. And I still write after 10:30 in the night. Uh, you you change the schedule. It's like tasting blood. Uh, there is no there is no perfection. Uh, there is no there's not a perfect perfect answer to this but the imperfect answer is that you've got to taste blood and once you taste blood that joy that feeling of trance when people pursue the passion it keeps calling you back the second part which is which is logical and is important is that if you can back it up by an act of discipline and an act of ruthless uh, structure to it it only helps get the results achieved faster otherwise we can keep on perpetually operating in a state of hippiness where we zoom zoom in uh, we trance in and trance out. We achieve something we don't. But if you get your professional side to your rescue and you structureize it and you routinize it, then you achieve results faster. Hence, I was able to write the book in four months.
0: Wow. Four months, huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, tasting blood. Um, and and I think once you taste blood, then you want more. Yeah. Uh, upon your time that you do taste blood, what I hear you say is, um and, and this, is, this is something i've been toying with that we have uh what 23 and hours and 56 minutes i think that's what we studied in a day or 24 mm-hmm. hours uh, and it's up to us how we can steal a few moments i used uh, using this word steal it's all, it, to me sometimes it just uh, looks like stealing a few moments out of those uh 24 you know under 24 hours and uh, kind of making it a the 25th hour, you know, by stealing a little here, stealing a little yeah. there. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's, it's one of the ways to, so that you can, uh, taste that blood. Yeah. So thanks, sir. and I just want to jump a little into the book now. Um, you, so, you, you know, your main character is Arjun. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and what I love it, uh, love about the book is that Arjun goes on this journey, not only a physical journey, not only an internal journey, but also, um, something between the two. He's also journeying and meeting different people, Correct. right? And as he's meeting different people, he has these nice conversations. Now, so one of the one of the main characters in this Arjun meets a wise old man, who's also known as Arjun, right? And and and, and, and this man uh, who he meets gives him so, some some good pieces of wisdom, and I'm just wondering. Um, you know, it's 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 it reminded me of Arjun from uh, mythology mm-hmm. uh, going around and uh, looking uh, for 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 pieces of knowledge going around and looking for wisdom. So, um, I can't I see a coincidence is it a coincidence or did you have some piece of the mythology mm-hmm. playing out at the back of your mind? So, there's Arjun over here, there's Arjun almost almost like Krishna advising Arjun. So, did that you know come to your head or um? Was it the back of your mind when you're doing this?
1: I think honestly, Greg, a lot of people have asked me this question, but uh, I haven't been able to figure out the route. That maybe that's the that's the work of subconscious, uh, where an idea comes. I just got fascinated by the name Arjun, and uh, the first the first uh, passenger who I thought Arjun should be meeting is uh, an elderly version of his own self. Uh, uh, and that's how the old man, who was also called as Arjun, seventy years old man, got created as a character. But uh, has it to do something with the mythological character? I don't think so. If there are subconscious things, then i have yet to explore it myself, sure. but yeah, there is a fascination to the name, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, no, no mythology. But but,
0: yeah. but I really like this concept of this guy meeting his future self, you know, and. Uh, it, it almost, you know, it, it's like uh, what, we, what we hear while you're growing up, that you have all your answers. So, it's almost like... Uh,
1: Absolutely. He was not self-giving
0: the answers answer. Damn good. It. Yeah.
1: And if you notice the relationship, how it evolves between both, the, yeah. the stronger the ignorance the character displays, uh, the, uh, the thicker the slaps and the tighter the slaps the old man gives him. The yeah. love between them only comes at a later point of time when the person has evolved to a point, my character Arjun has evolved to a point to understand what Arjun was saying. And that's been the concept of tough love. At times, uh, for us to become aware, a certain kind of ego-shattering experience is required. And that's exactly why I wanted to create that old man and call him Arjun because the young Arjun should be able to relate to the old man and reflect in hindsight that I need to take charge of my life. And and a lot of people have told me that has worked out successfully because they hated the old man and they sympathized with the young Arjun because they felt that the old man was being nasty. And that was exactly the idea of making him nasty and uh, cutting through Arjun's ego.
0: Interesting, interesting. Uh, what I hear you say is, uh, one word stands out for me, slap. Yeah, And... In the book, I, I I don't recollect if you use the exact word a jolt. I think you use the word jolt. Yeah. yeah. So when you when you spoke earlier of um, you know his his attempt at uh, taking his own life, right? Um, and that's the kind of jolt which gets is, is like almost like the trigger point yeah. to say, hey, you know, this is not what I can do. This is not me. This is not yeah. how I want to live my life. Um, and in a sense. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. What, I, what I'm taking away from these books is, irrespective, you know, agnostic of the degree of the jolt, but we all require a bit of a jolt, um, you know, to, to 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 get into some kind of a change. You know, look at look at these days, the the whole pandemic bit. Yeah. Um, in order for us to curb our consumerism, in order for us to change the ways we're living, we need a little bit of a jolt. Some of the people are, you know, probably more busy today than they were before the pandemic, and and I I think that's sad because some some people aren't taking heed of the jolt. Um, But even if you look at a global scale, sometimes you require a jolt to change, and I think you're also talking about uh, this in the book. Now, what I want to ask you is that um, these jolts uh, are happening uh, how I, put it? I, I, I think the word serendipitously comes to my mind, or uh, coincidentally, let's just use, go with this word, these bolts or jolts are happening coincidentally. Um, is there a way, is there a way of structuring these bolts, jolts, I'm sorry, or predefining them, mm-hmm. such that, you know, we're not um, left at, and I don't want to use a strong word, but we're not left at the mercy of coincidence. Hmm. But it's it's a method of going deep inside, and invoking our passion, of invoking uh, that tipping point to make a change happen. Hmm. Um, is it a way of you know you know what I'm saying? Is it a way of yeah, with you m- with you constructing it? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think uh, I have two viewpoints here, and both are contradictory to each other. So I'm going to quickly share both i feel that yes there there are ways to read lessons and insights and read between the lines from these uh, small jewels. it could be a fight it could be uh, a failure it could be a disease it could be a disorder it could be an environmental condition yet at the same time and where the contradiction is you're only as good as your awareness or you're only as good as your ignorance yes so if you are not aware and if you're not ready uh it won't be a jolt for you. You will ignore it. You will sideline it. You will rationalize it, and you will get over it. Uh, Because my belief is that if, if everybody was aware and everybody was ready to take all the jolts, all of us would have achieved some form of enlightenment at some point of time. We're all at a different journey, and we're all trying to fight the different battles between awareness and ignorance. So jolt is only a trigger. Uh, for some people, uh, they get pushed to the end of their life, and that's a jolt. For some people, losing someone is a jolt. For some people, losing a job is a jolt. For some people, at times, just a bad breakup is a jolt. Uh, or Whatever it depends upon is the desperation of your subconscious to how much it wants to change. At times, it does not, and a lot of desperation gets accumulated over a period of time, and then comes a point where you are forced to relook at how you are, who you are. Uh, but uh, can it be structurized? Yes, but will the results be guaranteed equally as for Arjun, as for me, as for you? That answer definitely is a no. The results will not be guaranteed, but can there be a structure to immerse and then see does the process pass up? Yes, the process will pass enough, but will you get Mm. the results as compared and can the results be compared to anyone? Mm. Should they be compared to anyone? Absolutely not. Mm.
0: Sure, sure. So I'm taking two things away from this. Yeah. Uh, thing number one is that all of us feel pain, um, but there's a difference between feeling it and becoming aware of it. Yeah. Um, when we and the pain are one, when we and the discontent, uh, you know, w- whether it's a heightened degree of pain or not, let's just yeah. say discontent, when we and the discontent are one versus when we're becoming aware Almost uh, looking upon um, uh, the discontent, and I, I, I think the I'm not sure, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I think the term for it uh, in in is Divya drishti. I'm, I'm, maybe maybe that's the term. No, but absolutely. yeah, so yeah, so that's I think looking upon the discontent is one, and uh, once we have looked upon the discontent, then of course saying okay, uh, you know. I uh, I need to take a step for it and 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 move ahead. That's, Absolutely, I think that's the
1: second. You know, the best way to do. look at this is cooking. Uh, hmm? Pain can be like fire. Cooking. Yes.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, pain can be like fire. Uh-huh. Uh, a little less, and the food is undercooked.
0: Pain can be like fire. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, a little less, and the food is undercooked. Uh-huh. A little bit more, and the food is burnt but wow. the right kind of pain if regulated and channelized is responsible for cooking the food and is responsible for the delicious taste you'll have some something similar happens to us we evolve in pain because our awareness and our senses get highlighted and enlightened so we are aware of what's happening to us but if it's too much uh, then we lose our stability if it's too less Uh, Then we are operating in a comfort zone. But just the right kind of pain, if regulated, channelized in the right fashion, um, gets you the right kind of healing also. You know, on a very different track, not psychologically, but many years back, precisely 200 years ago, there was a shire in India called as Mirza Ghalib. And uh, Uh he very beautifully said that, And Uh, a lot of cancer patients have reported that, uh, you know, a lot of pain and a lot of suffering at times heals you and brings out the right kind of positivity out of you because you start valuing life. Uh, so uh, to my mind, if somebody has to understand pain, they have to understand the usage and the redemption power pain can offer you. Um, any kind of a pain, it could scientifically, be has been you know, depression, stress, anxiety, disorder, paranoia, blah, blah, blah. All of them are uh, pain siblings. But uh, the right kind of it is responsible for making the right kind of food. A little less, it's undercooked, a little more and it's...
0: Burned. But Ankit, tell me something. You're saying the right kind of pain, but do we really have control over uh, you know, how much pain is coming our way? Some of us are lucky and don't have too much of it. So so how are you, how are you reconciling that piece?
1: Good point. Here is what, what I mean here is how do you perceive and how do you explain pain to yourself?
0: Oh, okay, okay. Okay. See, there
1: is a physical component of pain, and then there is an emotional component of pain. Yeah. Okay. If I get a scratch on my hand and there is blood, there is a physical component, but the accentuation of that physical pain is done by the emotional explanation of it. And, and probably time, that's when it's
0: conver- pain's converting into suffering. Absolutely. Right? So
1: absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly where suffering people say the wise ones say the suffering is a choice. Uh, mm-hmm. because you, I can also learn to accept that there is a there is a scratch and it's bleeding. But mm-hmm. if I have my own emotional narrative of victimization active, then I'm mm-hmm. going to make that scratch into something else. And then I carry emotional pain more than just the physical pain. While that's one part of it, uh, this is still easy to handle. Imagine that there is no physical harm on your body. Imagine you right. go through a breakup. Imagine you go through a divorce. Imagine you go through a bad right. performance. here. Yeah, that is emotional pain, right? Not seen, not right. heard, locked up inside the body, runs a massacre yeah. on the mind, thoughts and emotions right. and feelings. And you carry that emotional pain. And right. uh, I, uh, I think on the cake, you are not even in touch with the emotional pain. You are blocking emotional right. pain using drugs or alcohol or distraction or whatsoever. Right. And then the emotional pain is pent up. That's exactly how it eats you up. Release the pain, understand the pain, channelize it, and then here it is to uh, act as a therapy.
0: Right, right. And and I think what you also said previously, awareness.
1: Absolutely. It just leads to that. A large part of pain is only an indication of pointing towards some form of awareness or the other.
0: Okay, good. Um, I, I also want to take this uh, now to mm, you know, mm, there is a lot of. So, Arjun, the main character of the story, uh, goes across and meets a lot of people, right? And these people give him uh, of, of varying ages um, and varying uh, social statures, right? And these people give him. Uh, a lot of wisdom. Now you're also a coach um, and being an executive coach, uh, you know what executive coaches go through is that we don't uh, tell, we ask, right? And we get the realization out from the other person. Over here though, I see there is a lot of tell. Um, So what's happening in this? Is it, are you saying that this is different from coaching or not? What's happening?
1: See, it's an interesting question, and uh, I also thought about it. And then I said that, see, at the end of the day, you coach, you counsel, you mentor, you train, or you hypnotize. Uh, these are different methodologies which hopefully should take the person ultimately to the same outcome. Okay. Right. Uh, the, if, the aware, if the objective is a kind of realization or awareness, Uh, Yes, academically, it can matter how do you take the person and how do you take charge because of the problem statements being different, because of the nature of problem statements being different. But uh, at some, at a larger scheme of things at the life level, uh, to the person, it doesn't matter. To Arjun, it doesn't matter if it's ask or tell. Till the time it's working. That's the question. It has to work for him.
0: and, And I'm also, you know, pulling out of this and zooming out a little bit and saying culturally, Maybe the East or uh, more towards the Orient, we are um, oriented towards homonymy uh, for a large part, and and I and I also heard you say, you know, upfront that uh, a lot of times we are told do this, do that, uh, and uh, whether it's career choices and stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. And the West, the West is championing, uh, you know, much after moving away from Freud and all of these, so they're, they're also championing saying uh, that. Get it out of the person. Get it out instead of instead of you instead of you telling uh, the person what to do and what not to do. But yeah. some of our Eastern cultures, some of our some of our Oriental cultures are uh, on the other side of the spectrum. And uh, I see as we go about um, the I, I would call the whole coaching structures sl- a little bit around autonomy. So I, I think there's this balance between harmony and autonomy that uh, we need to maybe. Take a re- take a relook at and not swing to either either side of them and you know both of them having their um, uh, having their uh, uh, pluses and their and their minuses.
1: Absolutely, no, I I completely agree with you. Uh, which is why coaching, which is why everything will have its own limitations beyond a point. Uh, the the coaches are also advised not to go beyond a point. Uh, their job is only to ask questions and clear questioning, whether yeah, in NLP yeah. or wherever, not even a negative question, not even a leading question. Their only job is to listen to what the patient is saying or the coachy is saying and then ask the question, keep asking a question, okay? Um, which is why it will have a certain kind of a limitation. So, you know, the the, the other thing which I want to go back to the book and say that if you see the book is about revealing more than telling, and it's revealing via experience. And that's, mm. the, that's the other thing we miss because we haven't created experiences which are immersive for us, such as traveling in itself, such mm. as staying, such as just living without a fear and belonging to the nature. Uh, and hence, a large part of wisdom and realizations which are locked, uh, they don't come to us handy. And uh, nothing in the book is rocket science. Uh, nothing in the book could have been realized sitting at home. But the fact is that realizations are not coming while we are sitting at home. And hence, we need to throw ourselves into experiences, whether it is writing, whether it is going to a museum, whether it is going to a monk uh, or to a monastery or to just doing gardening uh, or uh, living a very basic, minimalistic life. So if you see very systematically, Arjun goes through varied kinds of experiences which challenge his status quo, and then he keeps on meeting people. And his receptivity is so high that the moment people say anything out of sheer randomness, like a four-year-old girl who would say that I know how to be happy, uh, because in a receptive state, everything in the environment is making him look back in introspect. That is curiosity. That is Mm. a childlike juvenile curiosity where the ground has become so fertile that you put anything to the ground and the ground produces some kind of a flower out of it. When you reach that kind of a level, it doesn't matter. I have to ask you a question. I have to tell you. You are ready. And if you're ready, you lap it up.
0: Sure, sure, sure. I see that. Yeah. So you're saying in any case, it's a combination of tell and ask.
1: It's always and a combination.
0: Yeah. And 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 I don't know if this is, I'm just going to make an out there remark. Uh, a lot of people probably disagree with me. But the remark is just that the way I'm seeing it is the higher and higher we go as coaches, um, uh, you know, when we start, there are questions. When you're go going higher, there are questions. And there are a lot of Zen masters also asking a lot of questions or, uh, you know, the methodologies that they're using is parables or quans uh, through which they're bringing out a lot of yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of uh, you know, wisdom. Uh, the other part is that sometimes, and especially when you've moved and perhaps gotten a little bit more experience as you coach, then maybe it's okay to tell uh at the appropriate moments, at the right time. Absolutely. So that's uh, what I'm taking away. What, the other piece that I'm also listening to, uh, and I'm kind of uh, putting this down, saying, you know, going from zero passion to passion, like 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 you mentioned before, uh, I think it, three pieces are emerging for me. So the one, the first one is uh, becoming aware of, you know, the discontent that you're going through. Uh, it's almost like steps, but not necessarily sequential. But becoming aware of the discontent. Uh, second, looking at these jolts as opportunities, not necessarily something that's come into your life to drown you, mm-hmm. uh, big or small jolts. And I think the third one of what you're saying is creating experiences Absolutely. Yeah, such that, such mm-hmm. that you know, you, you're pulling yourself out of the routine and uh, you're getting a fresh look at what all's happening around you. Bang on.
1: Very very um, nicely articulated, Greg.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Good, yeah, good. Um, I, I I like the stuff that you know you, you've been uh, talking about, and uh, it's not just theories, but it's also uh, methods that you've uh, provided uh, in your book. Yeah. Um, I have just a couple of questions left for you. Um, to what extent is this autobiographical?
1: it would be tough to put a percentage to it but um, at the same time an honest impression is that whenever someone writes a story it is made uh-huh. of, uh, it is made out of stories which are available around you and the one uh-huh. of the story has to be yours my experience uh-huh. with my own passion and my struggle with my own identity crisis when i was growing up and uh-huh. not being really good with something belonging to ordinariness and or mediocrity is the uh-huh. is the root cause where i would have uh, ventured into uh, the areas of fashion and yes. a large part of the techniques which have been mentioned in the book have been tried and tested by me yeah. by exactly wow. now how skill is built or habit formation is and wow. exactly know how subconscious happens uh unconscious helps you or conscious helps you so on and so forth so if you talk from an experience point of view yes, uh, it is passion. But if you talk from um, completely Arjun as a character point of view, well, that has been inspired from, yes, partly my life and partly the lives I see around. Wow. i have not, not tried to cut my nerve at any point of the time when I wish nobody does. But I know people who did. Uh, so I took yeah. his story, I mixed his story with mine, and then I gave, uh, uh, these characters have come out of, uh, like they say, creativity comes out of nowhere. Uh, this These characters have Literally come out of nowhere, I used to sit start writing and I used to ask myself, Who do I want to meet today and the character would mm-hmm. emerge
0: wow, who do I want to meet today that that's an interesting question um, okay um very quickly um three pieces of advice uh for our uh for our audiences and uh for budding writers yeah for, uh, you know, people that have a book inside them is just below the surface mm-hmm. and uh, something that can get them that threshold energy to come from just below the surface to really begin writing a book. What's your advice for uh, budding writers?
1: Okay, I think honestly I'm also a budding writer, but I guess the uh, once you're standing outside the shore and once you're in the ocean it makes a huge lot of a difference mm-hmm. and it has made a lot of a difference. So my only advice to people is that a lot of people think about writing. Only a few will actually get to writing, and only very rarely a few will finish a book. Make sure that you are belonging to the category of those rare breeds. Uh, It's an act of character to finish what you start. Uh, The love of idea is not enough. If the love of idea doesn't get translated into action, it causes frustration, and it causes a lot of irritation. You don't want to be a depressed, creative guy. You want it to be a fulfilled um, excited and enthusiastic creative guy who has ideas and executes it second don't think the book will become a bestseller or not mine hasn't uh, maybe it mm. does. Uh, It right. got onto the list of amazon it got onto the 100 bestselling books but it's far from becoming what we call it as bestseller uh, and that's yeah. a mistake people make don't commercialize your passion and don't make it a metrics to measure your success you mm-hmm. write a book because writing gives you joy. You publish it a book because you want to give a milestone, an end to a journey, which you started. Uh, the success metrics are meant for competition and meant for organizations and meant for your job. Keep them there. If you infuse them into your passion, you'll kill your passion. Remember nice. that the joy of writing, the process of writing is the moksha, is the trance, and is where your healing or redemption is happening. If you try right. to run a business model out of it, um uh, A, you'll soon run out of ideas and you'll lose your focus because then you'll write to finish a book, not to write to write a book. Yes, Mm. we all want to be successful and known and we all want to be out there. It will happen. It will not. We don't know. If it has to happen, it will only happen, A, by the excellence of writing you produce and you offer to the stories. Uh, Shitty books sold nicely can become bestsellers. But people, when they read them, will know that it's a shitty book. An excellent book sold badly will still be a bestseller after a few years because book is a legacy which will remain in the hands, hearts, and minds of people. So when you write it well, and if even you don't know how to sell it and market and position it, don't worry about it. Uh, Work on the writing, work on ideation, stick to the discipline, and then it will be there.
0: And we can come to you for some help in marketing, right? Now that Absolutely. You're...
1: Not to marketing. Yeah. I'm struggling myself uh, mm-hmm. uh, because my joy is still writing and I focus still on writing. But yes, uh, whatever lessons I've learned in marketing, I will pass mm-hmm. them on. Uh, storyboarding, creatively thinking, sticking to the discipline, different ideas to write. Uh, I think I've done uh, justice there.
0: Sure. And Thanks, sir. Thanks. So, write to write. Follow the process. Don't obsess over the perfect... Uh, look at the excellence of the work, uh, get it going. That's what I hear you say. Absolutely. Um, in, in closure, I've just cobbled uh, together a few phrases. There were many, but a few of them just, uh, really stood out in my mind from, from the book. And I just want to quickly read through them. Uh, wow. and get, uh, you know, the, the first one that stood out for me is from sudden infatuation, we flirt with the passion and expect it to give us instant gratification. Yeah, so that, the, the second one is, uh, which is actually a continuation of that. As if now you're at the mercy of your passion. If you want to use it like a weapon, then you will have to pick it up and practice it every single day. Yeah. Uh, the, the third one is, uh, something was being cooked in his subconscious and he was honoring the dish by serving it on his notepad. Um, you know that one I really, really like. Uh, the, the pain a caterpillar goes through at the time of becoming a butterfly is not to be held against the caterpillar. It cannot blame itself for the misery it went through. It can only focus on the actions it takes every day that makes it move towards its future, a butterfly. And the last one kind of seals it. Uh, He saw himself like a dog running behind a car. The dog chases the car as if he wants to catch it. But the moment the car stops, it doesn't know what it wants. I think beautiful lines over there, Ankit. And uh, Thank thank you so much for taking time out. And sharing your thoughts on your book lost and found at 35
1: thank you so much greg thank you for inviting me doing this this genuinely means uh so very much to me thank you so much greg.
0: and guys uh this is a book it's out in the bookshops obviously if you can't go to the bookshops right now uh, it's also available on amazon and uh because of this lockdown period because of this uh, Times that we're going through, Ankit uh, made it a completely free ebook. Is that right, Ankit?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so please go to Amazon. That's where you can get your hands on this book. So thanks a lot once again and catch you around, Ankit.
1: Thank you, Greg. Thank you, everyone. Bye.